You're tuned in to the KNGI Network, and it's time for Vipers VGM Chat.
Good evening, one and all, and welcome to a brand new edition of Viper's VGM Chair. As always, I'm the man in the title. That's right, it's me, uh, the one-day-delayed Green Viper 8. And welcome to tonight's show. You know how it goes when we're here live at the beginning of the month for you. You know what the theme is by now. It's gaming in January 2024. What exactly did we get up to? What backlogs did we bust? What games did we play for the very first time? And generally, what did we play during last month? That's what I want to know on tonight's show. So, indeed, you know where to get in touch. But on the off chance you don't, then hey, come and join us over at kmgi.org forward slash discord. That's where all the fun and action is. And you can come and join the likes of... Let's have a look who's there currently. We've got Jamie, Pocket Alary, Purvis, and potentially some others as well. Big old hello to you all. Hope you're having a fantastic evening so far. And thank you for joining me. I I know it's a little bit late, but still. Appreciate the company. Um, I, I say a little bit late. It's the same time the show usually airs, just one day removed from that fact. Because... Well, instead of the usual, I think we might be crackling. Okay, we, we, we can fix this. We can work with this, I think. Seems fine on my end. Uh, let me know if that continues, I guess. We, actually, hang on. Let me let me try this live. Uh, can I do that? I don't actually know if I can do that without completely messing up the audio even more. Don't know. Um, but, yeah, th there's a good reason for this. We're having some tech issues live in the moment. Uh, why are we having tech issues live in the moment? I want a new laptop. That's one of the reasons, but actually not really the reason that we're here on Thursday rather than Wednesday. Uh, the other reason is yesterday I had to record something which I thought was today rather than yesterday. So that actually ended up fully overlapping with the show. We didn't finish until about half 11 and we started way before that. So you'll hear the fruits of that labor, I think sometime next week. I don't think it's been announced formally yet, so can't say anything on it too much just for now, but I will say again at some point. But I spent most of my day today setting up this new laptop now. Uh, reasoning of switching over is because it's going to make this show much easier to broadcast. I can also actually do some Twitch bits a bit easier now, uh, such as some upcoming streams that are going to be happening in February. I'm sure you can guess at this point what it is. Uh, there's just a couple of tasks which were made way easier by this. I had a I had a bit of cash coming in um, thanks to a payment I was overdue. So when eh, now's the time more than ever, and it's already helped this show a lot. Uh, you might not hear it tonight because of these aforementioned teething problems, but we're giving it the best go we can anyway, so stick with me on tonight's one. It's just the usual, you know, gaming last month show, so not getting in the way of anything too special, right, with uh, crackling audio or whatever it is that's going on right now, but uh, no, I'll, I'll do my best to fix it throughout the course of the episode. We did actually test this, like, a couple hours before the show went live, but you know how it goes. Problem of the week. Something's got to go wrong. Once you've thoroughly tested it, well and truly, you think you're good to go. And then, uh, of course, on the night is when it all goes wrong. So <laughs> we'll keep the tradition and we'll keep getting there. But same microphone and everything else is normal. It's just getting this thing up and trained. I'm back on Windows 11. My previous laptop, which uh, workhorsed these shows, was on Windows 7. So uh, my actual home PC has been on it for a while, but it's on a pretty outdated version of Windows 11, I think, because... All of the features on here and all the way this works is different to my Windows 11, which is presumably the first version that came out. I've not got any feature updates, weirdly, I don't think. Um, so that's odd, but I've put up with it. But yeah, I started setting this up about four o'clock and I only just barely finished in time for tonight's episode for a reference of how long these things can take behind the scenes, especially trying to organize all the music for tonight's show and get everything 
get everything set up from scratch. That includes four pieces of software that all come together to make this show run and microphone balancing and everything like that. It's just, <laughs> it, it, it's consumed all my time, but hey, um, let's hope this all goes all all right tonight. We'll, we'll work with what we got and uh, fingers crossed we can get to the bottom of all the issues. Yeah, thank you for staying put with me anyway. That's the main thing that I wanted to say during this segment. I really appreciate the uh, patience displayed in waiting for an episode of this show. And hopefully next week we'll be back on time and uh, be back to the usual format. Except, I mean, the format's no different this week. I don't know what I'm on about. But yeah, just hang in there for a week. We got this. Um, Hopefully we'll have this sorted in time for tomorrow night's uh, pick and mix as well. Let's get on with some more music for now then, um, since that's one of the reasons we're here. And we got a double bill of Dragon Quest coming up for you now. How about some Dragon Quest 4 for iOS and Android? Not quite what Purvis requested, but it's the same song because, hey, the, uh, you know, certain recent games seem to have been reusing the music from other Dragon Quest games quite a bit. Uh, spoilers, Dragon Quest Monsters, The Dark Prince, doesn't really have that much original music. So it reuses this song, uh, Homeland Heroes theme, which is requested by Purvis, and then the double bill, uh, as requested by Lurie, we got a track from Dragon Quest XI-S, Echoes of an Elusive Age. So let's enjoy both of those, and when we come back, we'll be talking about what I played during the month of January 2024, so be sure to remember, recall what it is you played. And by the way, requests are still open if you've got anything that you want to hear that relates to what you played last month. Otherwise, we'll get on with a double bill of Dragon Quest, such as the following. In fact, only the following. So enjoy these two songs, and I'll be back with you ever so shortly, live here on Viper's VGM Chair.
And we are back from, uh, if you are a live listener, the world's longest music break. If you're listening on the podcast, you have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about. And you know what? Honestly, probably good for you. Remember that crackling we were talking about earlier? Uh, If the podcast recording goes as well as it should do, you have no idea once again what I'm talking about on the podcast. Just that I've been ranting to myself about a problem that doesn't exist. Supposedly the podcast recording shouldn't be affected. Um, At some point, I changed uh, a couple sound driver settings while I was uh, between the last test and this one. It was kind of required because the second I plugged my headphones in, it it installed some drivers anyway. Even though that didn't touch anything to do with the uh, with the drivers or the setup or anything like that of the radio software, they should all be completely separate. They weren't touched at all in that process. They started deciding to kill over in their masses. Oh no, the other ones got uh, <laughs> the other ones got messed with, right? So we're just gonna protest, um, and that's kind of what happened because the second I rebooted, it was fine, but. Yeah, the perks of new things and doing it live is you run into problems where you have no idea why it's happening because you thoroughly tested it beforehand. Even while you're trying to troubleshoot it, it seems like it's going to be an easy solution. You know what it was, but um, that's not the point. I I don't know. But I think we're okay now. We seem to be fine for the moment. And thank you for the patience if you have been listening live. Once again, if you listen on the podcast, a completely normal music break there. You just heard there, at the beginning, a track request by Purvis from Dragon Quest IV for iOS and Android, Homeland, the Heroes theme. Afterwards, from Dragon Quest XI-S, Echoes of an Elusive Age, that was the Overture, the symphonic version. Now we are back, and it's time to talk about what I played during the month of January 2024. Bit of an odd month for me, all things considered, because it's what I would typically consider a quiet month. But then I actually look back at what I did, and I did quite a bit. Uh, it slowed down. See, it was slow at the beginning and end, but then it was really fast in the middle. I did a lot of things, uh, and I can attribute that to many reasons. But we'll get we'll get onto that as we go out as we go throughout uh, as we continue on throughout the uh, segment here. So on the sixth of January. Not really related to this show, so I'm not going to spend too much time on the game itself, but rather the concept. But I finished Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, a game I finished many, many times, and indeed, normally it's not noteworthy enough to bring this up. I do, however, bring it up because this was part of something I've never done before, a concept that is completely alien to me, but now slightly less so. Uh, I took part in a multi-world, an archipelago multi-world which I find really difficult to explain as a concept because it still took me about a month of trying to figure out how to grasp this thing, having seen other people play it. And when I did it for myself, I still didn't understand it anymore. But the gist, the gist is is using maths calculations and the like. Uh, an RNG seed is generated much like, say, a randomizer for a game. You're probably a bit more familiar with that sort of thing. Uh, except it applies to multiple games, so... Uh, multiple games across multiple users and each one interacts with each other you can unlock items in one game SA2 for example which will then unlock some items in Minecraft or Pokemon or something like that um, and it's a bit of ba- it's a bit of a back and forth of doing like small menial tasks in your own game trying to unlock something major for another person who then in turn can do the same back to you or another person on the server you can make these as small as big or small or as big as you like play as much or little of the game as you want to um and set yourself a variety of end goals it's a really tough concept to explain but if you 
What an excuse to play single player games together with your friends and try and complete these small tasks and find new replayability from these games. Uh, if that even sounds remotely interesting to you or you've been interested in the concept of randomizers before, I would suggest having a look into it. It's really tough to explain though, so I'm not doing it quite enough justice, but that was the game I knew. I already knew how to play SA2, like the back of my hand, so I figured, hey, this is a good enough way into this sort of thing rather than playing a game I'm barely familiar with for the first time or a game I scraped by finishing once that I don't want to have to go in like 100% or something to be able to do this right. So I played a pretty breezy modified version of SA2. I didn't put on any like too tough challenges, you know, not 100% in the game, just getting to the end of it uh, every time I would get a say like a in-game power-up for example you know like the bounce bracelet that would hand off i don't know like an emblem to someone else's sonic adventure 2 or it would hand off uh like an item in minecraft or a crafting recipe or something like that um and vice versa they'd get i don't know like diamonds in minecraft and that would send me over my about my actual bounce bracelet right um, so, yeah, there's a lot of back and forth waiting for other people, but it's just this real group effort um, taking these individual, very small menial tasks and building them up to this grand scale. Um, I had a lot of fun, looking forward to doing another one again, but still, still struggling to explain it, really. But, yeah, I enjoyed my time with it. Uh, I look forward to playing more games, and likewise, I hope more stuff gets supported soon, because SA2 was the only one I really felt comfortable with, but... Don't get me wrong, there's definitely many other games, plenty non-Sega, that I would happily play uh, on on an archipelago, but this was the one where I was like, yeah, I know this game super well, so this will be a great deal of fun to experience it in a new light, and let my skills help, help out other people uh, on their quest to finish their games as well, so I had a great time with it. On the 7th, I finally committed to 100%ing Scribblenauts Unlimited, and my rating of the game went down even further. <laughs> Uh, I wrote at the time, I thought the main game was mind-numbing, but 100%ing this game drags it down to new leagues I didn't even think possible. I got so bored that I just resorted to using a guide during my last session to get myself over the finish line to get it done. Even if I hadn't made that choice, good luck getting the 200 plus cryptic object shards without a guide. It would take you hours to put the pieces together on what to do, while slowly going back and forth between the hints and the in-game notepad. If you choose to go with a guide instead, enjoy getting RSI from writing out 300 or so words and quickly dragging and dropping the items just to get it over and done with. Uh, I genuinely cannot decide which of these two options is worse. Like I said with the main game, it's a fascinating concept just ultimately let down by its dull, repetitive and needlessly formulaic execution. I already spoke about this game quite a bit and played music from it last month, so I'm gonna leave it quite brief uh, outside of what I just read you. But yeah, uh, I wanted to I wanted to have more nostalgic uh, adventures with Scribble Knots, but it just wasn't hitting in the same way uh, going back to it. So a real shame. On the ninth, I had a real day of trying to clear some stuff out. I finished Pokemon Violet: The Hidden Treasure of Area Zero Part Two, the Indigo Disc. I believe I finished the actual base game a while before that, but I think this was... If I'm not mistaken, this would have been the day that the epilogue came out, so I think this was me finishing the epilogue, right? Uh, I'm going to double check my notes from the time. Uh, oh no, here we go. 
I finished about all the side slash post game content I wanted to before the epilogue came out. Some bits can be very grindy, even by this series standard, but I guess the logic is that you're slowly meant to chip away at it rather than doing it all in one go like I did. I'm referring to the club room stuff, if you know you know. <laughs> Still, that's how I went about it and my enjoyment is ranked as such. As for the DLC as a whole, it's a definite improvement over part 1 in almost every way, but I still enjoy some some of the parts that some of the parts from each one more, vice versa each way. So it's probably better to view them as one entity rather than two, which I think is technically how they do so anyway. It's a great add-on to a Pokemon game that I like got hooked on like no other, so it's a great excuse to add another 50 plus hours to my game time. After that, I properly went through the last level of Super Mario Bros. Wonder, and I did so entirely by cheating, no, but <laughs> I, for the entire game, I did it solo on my own with just one of the normal characters. I didn't want to do online, I didn't want to do multiplayer, that's how I wanted to play it. I just could not do that final level with that with those handicaps. I've done many other of those challenging, tough Mario final level things in recent years just fine, but that one really got the better of me, so I did resort to having online turned on, having a second player on hand, and using Nabbit so I didn't die from damage uh, and the like. And yeah, that finally made it doable. That was the only thing stopping me from 100%ing the game, and it's done now. That final level didn't did spoil my enjoyment a little bit um i think it's just the lack of checkpoints more than the actual challenge itself um there's basically none for the two for two thirds of the level you only get one uh, once you get past the first third so it's a little bit more irritating than it needed to be especially when i had so many bits of it nailed there was just one in particular that really always got me um but otherwise, the rest of the experience was great. I don't think I'm going to go for 100% at all in the future. I think just getting from point A to point B a Mario Wonder is the best way to play it. I think it loses a little bit of its charm when you try and go through and grab absolutely everything. Although it's way less collectathon obsessed than other like contemporary 2D and 3D Mario games are. But even then, I still think it loses a little bit of the charm when you go collectathon mode way less than certain other Mario games, looking at you Odyssey, but uh, I think in particular that last level being the reward, the payoff, it just didn't quite hit in the same way as it has in other previous uh, Mario games, mainly the 3D ones where they try and do this sort of thing. I don't feel like the uh, the lack of risk is worth the, the risky reward in the end, I guess, that's how I'd put it. Uh, Mr. Driller Drillland, I also abandoned on the 9th, sorry to say. We did have some music from that earlier on, I completely forgot to mention that. Uh, let, let's say that now, at the start of the show you heard a track from Super Mario 64, what else but the Super Mario 64 main theme, and afterwards Mr. Driller Drillland, not the menu theme. Uh, I wanted to start off 2023 with 2024 with something new. Something that I'd never played before, wasn't really like anything I'd played before, and Mr. Driller Drillland was the game I started up uh, on that train, I guess, on that hype train to start off 2024 the right way. Now, this is many games into the month already, but I did start it relatively early on. I then just proceeded to stall playing the rest of it because I, I didn't like it. Um, I liked it. But I also didn't like it, and ultimately my my dislike kind of toppled over, buried the like under rubble. Um, and I, I, there, there comes a point, I think I explained this in what I'm about to read, but there just comes a point where you're 
uh, you only feel like you're playing something for the sake of pushing through to be able to say that you've done it. And when when you're at that point, when the the cracks of light are barely starting to actually see the light, you know, they're not shining through as much anymore, then you either go, well, I'm just going to persevere through for the sake of this, or you go, you actually stop and think, do I need to do this? And I think this was just one of those instances where I didn't need to. I just found it way more difficult than I was willing to put up with, but not in a frustrating way, just almost in a hopeless way of, oh, I only managed to finish one level and I've got like 10 or so left. Am I even going to be able to see the end of this, etc.? And it's just a losing battle once you get to that point. And, you know, the the positive mental health and all that means sometimes you just got to know when to draw the line in the sand. And I think this was just one of those instances. As much as I actually did enjoy the gameplay, even if I was horrid at it, and I didn't really like the presentation, I just didn't feel like I was getting on with it. Uh, let's see what I wrote at the time. I really tried to get on with this game, but it just didn't end up clicking. Too tough for me, and I never felt the motivation to get better. I only felt like I was trying to push through again and again just to say I'd done it, rather than for enjoyment of the journey. Sometimes in those situations, you just have to realise it isn't worth it, and your time would be better spent elsewhere. Gorgeous presentation and killer soundtrack, but the gameplay loop didn't keep me hooked enough to help me persevere through the onslaught of challenge. Yeah, it's a shame. There was a lot going for it that I really did want to enjoy, but that was just the ultimate hurdle which I felt like I couldn't overcome with it, so I left it there for the sake of my enjoyment and finding other things to do in my time. On the 15th, I finished Pokemon Y. Now, a very divisive game in the franchise. I'm still making my way through it, as you know. What did I think of it? Um, and that's a great question. I'm sure you all want to know the answer to, because some people probably have the nostalgia factor for this one and love it, and others probably hate it. Well, this is my first time through, as you can guess. This is the game in the series I remember most uh, upon its release. I wasn't personally interested, but a lot of people I knew were. So there's quite a few memories attached to that in particular, but not of actually ever playing the game and experiencing it really all that much, just seeing it in passing. So it's the most quote-unquote, you know, huge quotes there, nostalgic one. But even then, I still knew to go into it with a fresh pair of eyes, uh, which sometimes can be negative, but a lot of times I think it's beneficial when you go into these things with way less expectations of what's going to be there. And ultimately... I did actually come out of this, well, not, like, glowing, but certainly more favor favorably than I think a lot of people look back on it with uh, with their retrospective. Uh, I didn't write much, but I put a game that I never thought was anywhere near as bad as it's exaggerated to be, but it's also never one that quite reached the heights of some of my favorites. All in all, a decent Pokemon game, but one that fails to excel in any given area. See, I, I, don't, I wouldn't stop at saying it's just fine, I'd even put it beyond that. It's good. But it's good in a series which is quite often agreed to be full of greats. And sometimes being good is the worst you can be. But even then, I, I think because of that, it's been exaggerated to be bad. Which, no, it's still, it's still pretty possible. It's not the greatest, but people just have a difficult time accepting a 7 out of 10 nowadays, right? I think it got like 8s and 9s on its release, which people... You know, oh, it's overhyped and everything, this, that, and the other, but a good game in a good franchise is not a great game in a great franchise, but a good game in a great franchise is still a good game, even if comparatively looking at the others, it's not as stellar. I, it's a tough position to describe, but as someone who's come in from the outside looking into this world, I, 
it's really odd to me how something not being as good as something that's great equals it's bad. And they're pretty comparable quality-wise. I just don't think it's quite touching some of the best, some of my favourites. But it's still fine. <laughs> and that's just like a, a degree of separation I think people just fail to understand a lot of the time. But yeah, I, I gave it four stars out of five. Not my favourite, but still pretty decent. I had a fun time with it. On the 17th, I also needed some nostalgic brew, so I went back to Need for Speed Carbon, a racing game of my youth, and in fact the, the only game in this series that I really played to a point. I still don't think Minus Rivals, I've really touched any of them uh, nowadays. Maybe one day I fix that, but uh, Carbon's certainly the only one I spent any time with, and I thought, do you know what, I do want to give this a go. I just randomly had the craving to play it, so I did sit there and see it through. Uh, so what did I put? I wrote, a lot of good memories with this game, and coming out of it having finally managed to finish it all these years later, it's decent. Really fluid and satisfying to drive, but gets repetitive with repeated track layouts, mostly harmless, a harmless AI that suddenly ramp up the BS to 11 during the final boss, another classic, padding something something, and all topped off with a pretty interesting story and premise that's presented through the medium of some of the most spine-tinglingly cringing cringe-worthy cutscenes I've ever seen in a game. Nostalgia might be doing some heavy work, but I still enjoyed my experience here. I felt like another Need for Speed game could easily come along on top of my opinions of this one, though. Uh, I, I always really liked the presentation of this game. That was one that really stuck with me, but actually, going back to it, like, the menu presentation's really nice, and the overall theming, but oh my god, yeah, those cutscenes are horrid. Really, really bad. Uh, but... A lot of a lot of this game still influences some taste of mine today, whether it comes down to like music or um, like I don't know vi visual design in games, the sort of visual design I like and the the, the setting and the I don't know. There's a lot about this game that I still do like, but yeah, sometimes going back, you can have a scribble knots. You know, you can have a game which does not hold up at all. You can have uh, the the complete nostalgia goggles on. I'm thinking something like Brawl in this instance. Smash Bros. Brawl, I'm going to be honest. And you just have something where you're like, this was the greatest thing ever, and you go back, it's okay. It's alright. And that's where I ultimately sat with Carbon. It was decent. I had a good time. Not the worst thing, not the best thing. Uh, so, at this point, we're now re reaching the uh, point in the month where I had my operation. So, I was still very... Well, I wasn't mobile at all. I was just sitting in one place the entire time. I only really had access to my Switch. What do I do with myself? I reached that point of boredom on the 22nd where I finished Super Mario 64. And I'm talking properly this time. I didn't finish it with 16 stars using glitches and claim that I finished it. I didn't finish the DS version. Finally, for the first time, I can tick off that bucket list that I finished the actual main game. 70 stars and all. Um, and yeah, I Mario 64 I have such a weird relationship with. I think... Uh, well, I went, I'm going to spoil it, I, I went and played Sunshine right afterwards just so I could tick that other one off the bucket list and go there, bam, all 3D Mario's done. This is something all gamers should have done apparently, so I've now done it, there we go. Um, or at least those two in particular seem to be the ones that really get up, gets applied to. Um, so, uh, th there was this weird contrast between the two where I found myself preferring the game design and the level design of Mario 64, but vastly preferring the controls and freedom of Mario Sunshine. Yeah, you know, simultaneously hating the controls of Mario 64 and the momentum and the physics and everything of it, but loving 
but oh, sorry, but also hating the levels of Mario Sunshine. Make the perfect game from the two of them. Go on, kiss. Make a good game, please. Um, <laughs> I think I ultimately enjoy my time more with Mario Sunshine because I knew what I was getting in for beforehand, so I knew some of the BS and how to avoid it a little bit more than some people do going into that thing completely blind. But yeah, uh, all in all, decent games. I'm happy to have finished them. That was most of my enjoyment was just getting through them and being able to say, hey, I've done this, but not having as bad of a time as it as I did with Mr. Driller. Uh, plus, extreme boredom and only having access to one console did really facilitate these, but I don't know. I still enjoy Mario 64. I've got to say, I, I, I bad opinion a lot. I think I still prefer the DS version. With analog controls using the uh, Wii U patch or even the 3DS patch that people have put out that give it full analog stick controls, I still think that's the better way to play the game. I just way prefer the way that those actually handle. Ironically, I know the, the D-pad remake. I actually prefer the way that controls now thanks to mods. Um, I, I prefer the overall pacing and the lack of multiple characters thing from the original Mario 64. So once again, still no perfect option. But I did still extract quite a bit of enjoyment from both of these uh, in the process, so I'm happy about that. Uh, and on the 24th, I finished Sonic Colors Ultimate, because once again, uh, this time I was actually able to get back to my PC. Uh, it was actually comfortable enough to be able to sit outside in my PC chair for the first time. Barely. I was hanging on. Uh, I was clinging on even, but... Um, I was like, what can I play that's light and uh, I can just quickly run for on Steam that I have installed? Oh, I have... I have Sonic Colors Ultimate installed. I can do that in an afternoon, and indeed, I did that in about an hour and a half. So I went with that, and that was my final game of January there. Right, I'm going to get on with some more music for you, and then we have not just the one Jamie paragraph, the 700 Jamie paragraphs. Good lord. Uh, we'll, we'll get to all this and just chat in with the chat room in general in a second. Um... So we'll do all that. But before then, we've got for you some tunes coming up. So let's get on some River City Girls requested by Jamie. And afterwards, a uh, track from Need for Speed Carbon that I definitely knew before Need for Speed Carbon. Kept listening to after Need for Speed Carbon. And it's just generally a really good one. And an excuse to play this uh, on, on the internet radio. You probably wouldn't hear this otherwise. So uh, let's enjoy that one. Enjoy the music. And I'll be back with you to talk your January 2023 in gaming in a few short moments time right here on the KNGI network.
our friends Electric there, of course, made famous by Need for Speed Carbon in 2008, and definitely not like 30 years before that. And before that one was from none other than River City Girls, and I wrote in the Japanese name uh, because there's a little bit of trivia going on about that. But that was Boss Noise, as requested by Jamie. Love Arc System Works. I love Way Forward. Pretty big fan of beat em ups. I don't get why I didn't get on with River City Girls. <laughs> Sorry to say, I just didn't click. Even the like the original uh, River City Ransom on the NES clicked for me, but I just couldn't quite get River City Girls. It just wasn't wasn't hitting the right buttons. Either of them, I got the combo disc on PS4 with both of them on, but neither of them just hit those buttons, unfortunately. So is how it is sometimes with these things. But Jamie seemed to really enjoy it. I've got like a novel to read out about it in a second so <laughs> we'll talk about that anyway i put the japanese name in brackets because i do like to do that when there's a significant difference in the japanese name um it's something i've carried over from radio sega and the like but the uh, japanese title is known as neketsu koha kunio-kun gaiden river city girls so for sure oh not for sure in english that would pretty much be um something like hot-blooded kunio-kun gaiden now uh People listening to my shows recently will know that Gaiden is a, a word frequently still used in English, especially uh, in translations of Japanese media, but meaning side story. So in this case, we go with Kunio-kun's side story, River City Girls. Now, I also uh, grabbed some songs from the second game, or I grabbed the soundtracks of the second game, actually, uh, just in the event that I might need it because of Jamie soon. And I was looking at the Japanese name just so I had it ready and tagged um, for whenever that might be. And I just, they ended up dropping the, uh, the Kunio-kun series name. So it's actually just River City Girls 2 in Japan. What then makes that even weirder is the River City Girls 1 and 2 collection in Japan, you would assume, would just be called River City Girls 1 and 2. No, it's actually uh, Niketsu, Koha, Kunio-kun, Gaiden, River City Girls 1 and 2. Of course it is. <laughs> I, I I don't understand because the collection of one and two could only have come out after two, so they'd already made that decision to just truncate it to River City Girls to uh, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, there you go. Uh, fun little fact for you. But now we're back and it's time for the chat room to talk about what it was they were playing in January 2024. So I'm going to scroll all the way up and we're going to ignore all the things about the show not working because it's fine now, I think. No one's complained since the very beginning of the show. And so there was a lot of talk about Dragon Quest at the start of, of uh, the show, first of all. And yeah, I had a conversation with Purvis before the show started because I was also trying to tag the uh, Dragon Quest XI soundtrack. So originally the PS4 and 3DS versions had a synthesized soundtrack for reasons. And it was when the Switch version, or just shortened to the S version, came out, which then came out on other consoles. That's the version that came to Xbox, for example. Uh, when that then came out, that was when the orchestral soundtrack was introduced to the game, which I assume most people think is the better way to enjoy it, because listening to them on my own, I certainly felt like that was the case, but I'm sure someone else sees it differently to me, right? So, there's that. There was a lot of talk about that, as well as the reuse of Dragon Quest IV music in Dragon Quest Monsters of the Dark Prince, you know, given the fact that it's a Dragon Quest IV spin-off, right? So it would make a lot of sense uh, as to why that's the case. What's that, Nicholas Man, by the way? A big old hello to you. Uh, I didn't get to say hi earlier on. So let's begin with Jamie's first paragraph. 
So, we kicked off Jamie's month on January 1st, 2024 with Lego Builder's Journey. I've spoken about this game before, and indeed I've spoken about it in reference to Jamie having played it. Fun little game. Loved it. Uh, Lego Builder's Journey is a brilliant puzzle game that each level has a diorama feel to it, having to solve each puzzle with the various given Lego bricks. The story, tell, story tells of a parent and child starting off playing and then later going out adventuring until the two separate and the child later going on to find their parent. The thing about this game is the story is told by completing the various puzzles and the way it goes about it for its presentation. It's one of those cases where less is more, which works well. The game also has a creative mode which I believe players can share their levels, maybe creations online, but it's not something I've dabbled with, but I might be in the future. The last thing I've got to say about the game, I believe I've said before, is uh, on the show that the game has a brilliant soundtrack, but the main thing that lets it down is its price. Get it on sale if you're interested. River City Girls finished on January 17th, 2024 as Mizako. River City Girls is a beat-em-up by Way Forward, and it tells the story of Mizako and Kyoko who are stuck in detention when Kyoko gets attacked with an image of their boyfriends Kunio and Riki getting kidnapped and starts the story and game of them getting busting out of, deten or busting out of detention and going out finding them. The core gameplay reminds me a lot of Scott Pilgrim, where you level up and have a stats system, on top of the fact that the game is difficult to start off with, so leveling up is key, and also getting money from your enemies. Uh, through leveling up, you learn some moves, but this game, or in this game, the main way you get moves is by through buying them at the dojo. On top of that, you can use the money to buy healing items and equipable items to help your stats. Cutscenes in the game are done with voice acting, which I liked in the game, in the style of character portraits and manga style cutscenes, which I have to nitpick, uh, I have to nitpick at is, uh, so I got, <laughs> I don't even know how you would reword this, um, so these cutscenes are done from left to right on the page instead of the traditional right to left, yeah that's really silly, huh. The game also features character appearances from other Kunio-kun games and Double Dragon, and on top of that there's one character voiced by I actually don't know how you say his last name, so I'm just going to say Jack Jacksepticeye. I uh, loved everything about this game, but like Scott Pilgrim, the difficulty due to your base stats at the start can get a bit annoying and lead to quite a few game overs at the start, but it's something you'll soon easily overcome. Well worth a play if you haven't yet. I now want to play Zero and Two. Agents of Mayhem, we're still going. The main game on 24th of January 2024. The game is about an agency called Mayhem in which their task is to defeat the evil legion from trying to take over the world. The game lets you play as three characters in a team, each with their own abilities. With this you can upgrade characters as you collect dark matacles in the open world map. You start off with three agents and as you progress throughout the game you later have the ability to unlock more agents as well as checking out their backstory before fully unlocking them. The game wasn't too bad, but at times got a bit repetitive with its missions. A lot of them felt the same, killing Legion troops, exploring hidden Legion bases, destroying stuff, and a lot of rinse and repeat. The Legion bosses seem like something you might see from an 80s cartoon, which I liked. The cutscenes in the game I really enjoyed as they were 2D animated, and I think really well done. Not much to say on the soundtrack, which is, which is a shame because normally games like this use licensed music, which it doesn't. The game also has ties to Saint Ro Saints Row, but at the same time has nothing to do with Saints Row. Gate Out to Hell covers a plot point from what I've read. One of the agents is called Kingpin, who is Pierce Washington, who is part of the Third Street Saints. Two of the DLC characters also come from Saints Row. You've got Gat, Johnny Gat, who was originally the badass uh, of the Third Street Saints, who is now in this game as a cop. The other is Safe Word, real name Kinsey Kensington, 
a character you met in Saints Row the Third and whose background hasn't changed much. Like in Saints Row, she used to work for the FBI. Overall, I didn't mind the game, but it could have been better and also would have been a great game in co-op. We are done. We are through the paragraphs. Glad to hear you enjoyed those, Jamie. Thank you very much. Uh, we had Alaris a little earlier on as well, I believe. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go ahead and scroll up. Here we go. So, this one uh, is about the usual paragraph length. You'll be pleased to hear. <laughs> I started off the game with Sonic Origins Plus Story Mode. I like the play. I like to play through the classics in some form at the start of the year. Not the best way to play the games for hardcore fans, but perfectly enjoyable all the same. I tried and abandoned Sonic and the Black Knight. Pace-breaking combat, poor acceleration, and questionable enemy placement made me give up on this one. I then went on to beat Metal Sonic Hyperdrive. It was nice to feel challenged by a classic Sonic game. For the most part, the difficulty is fair, with the rare questionable enemy or hazard placement. I tried and abandoned Sonic Lost World 3DS. The homing attack chain and parkour kept throwing me around the screen too much, and activating when I didn't want it to. I really tried to like this one, but too many unfair deaths made me drop this. I'm not looking forward to going back to that one day. <laughs> one stream, that will have to happen. I also played some Dragon Quest XI and Bridge Racer 2 PSP. I wasn't expecting such a long and traditional RPG like Dragon Quest XI to be one I stick to, but there we go. I think that the way the story feels like it's broken up into small locks helps with that. And Ridge Racer 2 is just a really good arcade racer for when I want something simple to play. And we also had some Charles Kilborn. Uh, welcome to the show, the host, of course, of the hit Game Jams, which you can check out on all good podcasting services. I believe the episodes normally go out on Wednesdays or Thursdays, right? So we hopefully should see that one soon if that's not already on podcast feeds. I didn't double check that. Yeah, not out yet, but hopefully should be soon. So if you missed last week's... Oh, sorry, this week's episode. Um, yeah. So, what was that? Uh, Jamie said, just think the game we got was River City... <laughs> River City Girls Zero wasn't even originally that. It was called uh, Shinneketsu Koha Kunio Tachi no Bunker, or in English, the new hot-blooded tough guy, the eulogy of Kunio and Kun. Jamie is doing what Purvis said, which is uh, Jamie talking about how Sonic the Hedgehog is really giving him Spark the Electric Chester vibes. <laughs> yeah, basically, it's pretty obvious that Scott Pilgrim is definitely, uh, as a game, derived from the River City games, so nothing particularly new being said there. Uh, and yeah, on top of that, the River City Girl Zero thing is also a pretty well-known thing from what I know. They were pretty upfront about that at the time, that hey, we're translating this game and we're kind of changing quite a lot of it to fit in with River City Girls, when originally it had nothing to do with it. If memory serves correctly, I think there's a slightly more faithful to the original mode, but even that I'm not sure about. Uh, I don't know too much about that one. Um... Yeah, I, I don't know too much about that. Uh, Purvis says, still in Caves of Kud. I'm not doing this bit again. Uh, and also replaying Dragon Quest Builders on the side. Uh, Charles Kilborn, anyway, I was originally going to talk about, but I got distracted by Jamie. Uh, is here, hi. But I've been playing Spyro Reignited Trilogy. Uh, started in January, having never played Spyro. I'm surprised by how much I'm loving it. I did that last year too. Never played a Spyro game outside of... Um, quote-unquote, as comes up on this show quite often, I like to consider them separate things because everyone else does too. I've played some Skylanders, but I'd never played actual Spyro the Dragon until this until this year just gone by. Uh, so I was in the same position as you, started with the Reignited Trilogy. I started off really loving it. I love Spyro 1. I just didn't quite get on with Spyro 2, and I'm yet to play the third one, which I hear is quote-unquote the worst, but I also heard 2 is better than 1, so I'm willing to disregard that opinion a little bit. <laughs> so... 
we'll see what happens with it, but yeah, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed Spyro the Dragon 1 at least, so that was a nice pleasant surprise from last year, but glad to hear you're enjoying it. Carried by its killer soundtrack, it's also got some nice characterization in there as well, I'd say, so glad to hear you liking it. Uh, DJ Level, who's also with us, you can hear it later tonight, by the way, only in like two hours' time, on the bonus stages. See, I always forget, because I've heard people call it the bonus levels every now and then. It's the bonus stages, yeah. I'm doubting myself, because, uh... <laughs> because people people keep calling it the bonus levels on mistakes, and now I'm thinking, is it the level? No, no, it's the bonus stages with DJ Level. That's coming up for you in about two hours' time, if you're listening to this live. I always grab the podcast from wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, but the hit host has said, haven't had a lot of time, a lot of time to play much video... Oh, my brain's given up on me. Haven't had much time to play it much Vigia lately, but I was deep in the Triumph 3 playtest in January. I believe it should be going into early access soon. Nice! Glad you glad you enjoyed that one, and hopefully the game release is... I was going to say in full, but that's still more in full than a playtest. Playtest into early beta pipeline. This is this is the games we're living with nowadays, and honestly, some people are mad about it. I'm perfectly fine with it. Um, but glad to hear you're enjoying it, and hopefully it continues that way once it launches a bit more proper. I'm not going to say proper because we just went through that, but hopefully we continue to enjoy it as time goes on. Anyway, so I'm going to get for you some more music going on right about now. So let's begin with some Pokemon X and Y, and we'll have some more from the game I said had really good music Mr. Driller Drill Land because even though I didn't play much of it I, I want to play a lot of its music because oh boy it was good so let's enjoy both of these and I'll be back with you to end off the show ever so shortly live here on the KNGI Network
Looking for more? Download past episodes of Vipers VGM Chur from KNGI.org and all good podcasting services. Pressed the button a bit too early there, but hey, what's another tech issue if you're listening to this? 
show anyway. You just heard what a song, uh, Mr. Drill, Mr. Drill at Drillerland facing south there. If you're listening in live, I think the entire server, it wasn't my problem for once, I think the entire server went down uh, on the KNGI end, so you might have missed that one. Feel free to grab it on the podcast, because you need to hear the full thing of that. So, so good. Uh, before that, from Pokemon X and Y, Battle, Gym Leader, and, well, we're here ending off the show. So, let's give a huge thank you to everyone who made tonight's episode possible. We have had in the chat room the likes of Purvis, Jamie, DJ Level, Charles Kilborn. We also had Larry. Uh, I'm trying to think of anyone else we might have had throughout the night. We had Nicholas Hamann as well. And unless I'm mistaken, I do believe that is everyone. So uh, in case I have missed you, feel free to pop your head in. Once more, that is kngi.org forward slash discord. Uh, and you can come and find everyone over there. Otherwise, I have been Green Viperate, and I thank you for listening to tonight's show, whether it was live on the podcast, recorded at a later date, no matter how. Uh, thank you very much for being here. Next week's show, then, I think we're going to go with a bit of variety. So, anything you want to hear, feel free to give me a bell, and I'll get it on next week's show. Otherwise, we'll have plenty of great tunes from all over the spectrum coming to you next time around. Aside from that, you can catch me on RadioSega.net tomorrow at 7pm UK time for my weekly show known as Pick and Mix. It's where I cover all the stuff well, that I don't cover on this show, which is basically just the Sega stuff, because I'm a huge fan and I want to get the good word out there. On this week's show then, we're going to be taking a look at the... I still don't know how you say it. I'm going to have to look this up before tomorrow night's show. Is it Gigo? Is it Gigo? Gigo? I don't quite know, but... Regardless, the, uh, the scumbags who took over Club Sega in Japan, right? <laughs> no. Uh, in all seriousness, we're going to be taking a look at their arcades within Like a Dragon 8. So we'll be looking at the arcade scene in that game. So we're going to have some music from Get Black. Get Bass slash Sega Bass Fishing. We're also going to have some Spike Out, some Virtual Fighter 3 TB, and some other games which I completely forget. I don't remember what they are, but I think there's some others in there as well. So feel free to request any music you want to hear from those games, and we'll take a look at all of them and the state of Club Sega, or not Club Sega as it will be, uh, in Like a Dragon 8. Once again, tomorrow at 7pm UK time, that's 2pm Eastern, or 11am Pacific. Or you can catch all episodes, past and present, of that show, as well as Vipers VGM show, on all good podcasting services. Otherwise, I will catch you next week where we get into some more varied picks. One more track to come for you now, and it's a little bit of a cliche one, but what a song it is regardless. We're going to end with some Super Mario 64 and the staff roll theme. Thank you for listening. If you have been, I've been Green Evaporate. I'll see you all either tomorrow or next week for another edition of the show. But until then, have a great rest of your week. Be sure to stay tuned to KNGI because we've got two shows coming for you in the next 24 hours. I do believe we got a little bit... Well, I know for a fact we got a little bit of the bonus stages coming up with DJ Level uh, at 1am UK time tonight. And then tomorrow at 11pm UK time, we have Nitro Game Injection with Carl, JCRB. But until then... Keep listening to the Kane Show Network, and thank you as always for joining me on the current instalment of my VGM chair.
You've been listening to Vipers VGM Chair, part of the KNGI Network. Visit KNGI.org for more great gaming content.